0: She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation, and the power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They have triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short." When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Well, what's going on? It's another perspective on Christmas and what Christmas means. First of all, there's a sign in heaven. There's a woman. She's clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars. The 12 stars are probably representative of the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. That is, it's the whole people of God. The imagery is supposed to indicate grandeur and royalty. She's a royal woman. But she's not just a individual woman. Remember, she's a sign in heaven. She's not a real person. In Revelation, the crown is an image of the inheritance of God's faithful people. God is the king. He rules with the crown. But God's people, part of their inheritance is to also rule over God's world under him. To reign with Christ. So who is the woman? The woman is not Mary, but she's the faithful people of God from whom Jesus ultimately come. The 12 tribes of Israel, from whom Jesus came, and the 12, uh, the, the 12 apostles, that is the representative of the new people of God in Jesus Christ. We see later in the chapter that this woman is persecuted, she flees into the desert, she has other children, and her offspring are described as those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony. It's not just Mary but it's the whole people of God. And of course, Mary is the one from the people of God who actually gave birth to Jesus, but the woman here in the picture is the people of God. But then this woman gives birth to a child. Well, there's no points, there's no special prizes for guessing who the child is. Uh, it's a male child who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. That's the kind of description that's used in the Bible to refer to Jesus as God's king uh, over creation. But as this woman is about to give birth, a great dragon appears, hovering over her, waiting to devour her child. It's it's a frightening, awful picture. Here's a dragon, trying to devour the baby Jesus. We're told in verse 9 that the dragon is Satan, or the devil, the great enemy of God and his people. And there's Satan, as Jesus is born, waiting to destroy Christ. We see that played out in history, in the accounts of Jesus' birth and of his life. In the section just after we read from in Matthew, Herod kills all the baby boys in Bethlehem trying to destroy the baby Jesus. We see this attempt of satan to destroy christ later on in jesus life as the religious leaders try to grab hold of jesus and and destroy him and kill him put him to death and of course ultimately they do that they crucify him and yet even when they crucify him he's not destroyed Having died for the sins of those who belong to him, Jesus is raised again to life, taken up by his Father into heaven, where he's seated at the right hand of God. And we see that here in this chapter. The child, whose Satan is waiting to devour, is snatched up to heaven. Satan tried to destroy him, but Jesus wins the victory and he takes up his rule on the throne of God in heaven. But while Jesus takes up his rule on the throne of God, his people, the woman and her offspring, are caught up in the aftermath of the dragon's defeat. Satan tries to kill Jesus, he tries to destroy God's plan, but he can't, of course, and so he lashes out at the people of God. He's thrown down to earth, and the idea is of this significant major defeat, but it's not the final defeat. Think of the Allies storming the beaches of Normandy and breaking into France, destroying Hitler's power, bringing about the end of the war almost, but there's still this mopping up operation that has to take place. That's kind of what's going on. Satan is defeated at the cross, but he, he, the mopping up operation hasn't been finished. And as a result of this defeat, he strikes out against the people of God... Again, think of Hitler. In those last days of the war, he knew his time was up, so what did he do? He responded with more and more ridiculous, aggressive, outrageous acts to try and do whatever damage he could before the war was up. I'm told that from people who work in human resources, in hiring and firing, that it's common practice these days that if someone is fired or loses their job, they don't come to work for the rest of however long they have in their notice period. So maybe they've got two weeks to work after they're fired. In fact, what happens is they've walked back to their desk to collect their belongings and they are walked out the door of the office. That's so that they can't go back to their computer, delete all the files on the, on the company servers and do enormous damage to the company. It's a defeat. They've lost their job and the danger is they'll strike out. That's what Satan is doing here. He's been defeated by Christ at the cross but he strikes out against the people of God. He can't touch God but he can touch God's people. He can't destroy us but he can make life difficult. Nevertheless, this passage shows us that the people triumphed. Verse 11, they triumphed over him, over Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They triumphed over Satan through what Jesus has done for them, his death on the cross, the blood of Christ which saves them from sin and by their testimony about Christ, that is, their allegiance to Jesus, we're told, even to the point of death. Satan's making their life difficult and they overcome by not giving up their hold on Christ. God protects them, he gives them wings, they escape, they survive the persecution... Well, that's the different perspective that Revelation 12 gives us on the Christmas story. It's not the usual Christmas images that we think of, is it? At Christmas, we see pictures of Mary and Joseph with baby Jesus lying in a manger and it looks so cute and peaceful. Rarely do we find one of those depictions with a great dragon hovering over the top waiting to devour the child. I suspect if we did people might be a little bit horrified. But maybe we should. Because it would remind us of a truth of Christmas that we often miss. That is, the birth of Jesus was an act of war. It was an act of war of God against sin and evil And those who stand against God. It was an act of God not simply to destroy, but also to save, to save those who belong to Him. This chapter of the Bible pulls back the curtains to show us what was really going on when Jesus was born in that little stable. Of course, this chapter doesn't tell us the end of the story the end of chapter 12, we're left with God's people fleeing from Satan and Satan still with some measure of power. What happens unfolds over the next chapters and we see Satan and his followers continuing to rage against God but ultimately being defeated at the return of Christ. Jesus comes to destroy the devil and gather those who are with him. The baby in this chapter comes to rule... He comes to take what belongs to him, what belongs to God. He comes to save those who put their lot in with him. There are in this chapter then two camps of people. There are those who are with Jesus, who are protected, even though they might suffer, and those who are ultimately delivered, And then there are those who are not with Jesus. Those who don't stand with God. Those who are with the dragon. The birth of Jesus, although it looks like a pleasant little scene and a little stable, is actually an event that demands that we choose a side. God's side or the dragon's side. Everyone, all of us, are either on one team or the other. By default, we're on the dragon's side. We're either on God's team with the baby and the woman who's fled into the wilderness, or we're with the dragon. And sadly, this Christmas, most people in our society, most of our neighbours, maybe our friends and maybe some of our family, as they gather around the Christmas tree and hand out presents, most people are on the side of the dragon and are oblivious to the reality that a war is going on. This chapter peels back the curtain to show us the reality of Jesus' birth. It's an act of war by God against sin and evil. And this chapter also shows us something else. It shows us the great challenges and the great difficulty and suffering for those who stand with Jesus. Again, not a theme that we might be inclined to think about on Christmas. Satan is trying to destroy Jesus, but he's not only trying to destroy Christ, having been defeated, he tries to destroy God's people. There's a profound reality here that we rarely catch sight of in the manger, and that's the cost Of being with Jesus when we side with Jesus we side against those who are against him we're setting ourselves against the dragon and there's a call here in this other perspective on Christmas to persevere and a call to overcome there's a call here to withstand the costs and the difficulties that come from standing with Jesus. When we stand with Christ, we stand against the dragon seeking to devour. But there's also hope. There's hope for protection. Wings to flee when the times are beyond our power. There's hope for victory. The end of everything that stands against God. This other perspective on Christmas reminds us, although we can enjoy family times together and giving gifts to each other and remembering uh, all the good things that have happened this year and looking forward with anticipation to what might happen next year, although we can celebrate those things and enjoy those things, this perspective on Christmas reminds us as well that to side with Jesus does not mean a life of ease and comfort. The baby in the manger can lull us into a false sense of security. Isn't it peaceful? But the memory of the dragon reminds us that there's a war. To follow the Jesus who was born in a manger is to follow the Jesus who was hated and despised and persecuted and mistreated. And who was hung on a cross because people hated his claim to be their king and to rule over them. To follow Jesus is to follow a suffering Christ. But to follow Christ is also to follow a triumphant Christ. We follow the Jesus who was not only threatened, but who was victorious, who was snatched up to heaven and now reigns over all. We follow the Jesus who will come back to gather those who belong to him, who love him and trust him. And we follow the Jesus who will come back to destroy sin and death and Satan and remove from our world all that stands against God. There's a perspective on Christmas that we get every year with the baby in the manger and that's a right and a true perspective. But there's also a perspective that Revelation 12 gives us. Of not just a baby in a manger, but a dragon and a war. It urges us to remember what Christ came to do to destroy sin and evil. And it reminds us that we need to choose a side. Who do we stand with? With the dragon or with the reigning king, the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that on this day, every year, we can remember the birth of our Saviour, who gave up the glory of heaven, who took on our weakness and came into this world in order to save sinners who turned to him. And yet, Lord, we thank you that in his weakness, he still triumphed. In his death, he defeated sin and death and evil and Satan. He was not conquered and will not be conquered. And Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, we thank you that you have not left us as our sins deserve. We pray that you have not left us to the mercy of our own evil or the evil of those around us. Or the evil of that ancient serpent the devil but lord we thank you that you have entered our world triumphed and you reign lord we pray as we remember and celebrate christmas today that you would help us to remember the war that you've won and are winning and lord we pray that you would enable us as we do that to side with jesus to put our trust in him to leave behind our autonomy. Our self-reliance, a our desire to rule our own lives and come under the saving and loving and gracious rule of that baby, of that King, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray it in his name. Amen.